Hey everyone, and welcome to the weekly catch up podcast. It is Thursday, January 30, 2020. I'm your host, Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B. Rad Colvin. What's good, people? What's good, man? Welcome back to Texas. Yeah, man. It feels good to be back. All right. Well, we got a lot to get into this week, so why don't we go for it? Let's get it. It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci. How they deep in they bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. What's going on this fine day? Oh, man. Just got back in from Seattle yesterday and caught up on sleep this morning. Very cool. How yeah, was man. the trip, man? It was awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. Ate a lot of great food. I'm definitely going to... I'm actually... The reason you see me in basketball shorts right now is because I'm going to hit the gym after we're done recording tonight. Um, back at it, huh? Yeah, man. Back at it. But, you know, we did all, all the touristy stuff went to the needle and uh went to the seattle symphony and the glass gardens that they had there just a bunch of different did you actually see the symphony play oh yeah oh wow yeah like, we, we were in like the third row bro it was amazing that's so i would have never thought to just because i've been to the dallas symphony for sure mm-hmm. um you know many many times and ultimately like i feel really good about myself when i'm rubbing <laughs> elbows with those folks yeah. but you know, by the third song, I'm like, all right, we out here. Like, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was just really impressive. It, it was it was a lot of fun. No, that that sounds awesome. It, how was the setting? Like, I re- I've really only taken in uh, a symphony probably at the Mort Meyerson here in Dallas. It was elegant. It was elegant. What's there the was, name of the hall or whatever? Um, I think it's the Seattle Symphony Hall. Um, they The orchestra played like a bunch of different uh, Baroque sound music. Um, uh, I love Baraki. <laughs> not, not quite. Um, but yeah, we were, I mean, there, I spotted like two other people kind of our age and the rest were, you know, our, our precious elders. Yeah. The and, folks with uh, money for the yeah, arts, you know, yes. I mean, that's very much like a donor driven type situation and, um, you know, supporting through season ticket holdings and, uh, donations and all sorts of different things. But it's interesting to me. This is a topic for maybe another day, but um, in all my travels over the last couple of years, I've realized that it takes a, a big smattering of people in a concerted area uh, to have enough pooled donor funds to bring in arts. Because yeah. like, think about Keene. Yeah, well, actually, Keene's not a good example because it, it has more art than any other <laughs> probably city around it. But um, at the same time, like, think about... Um, a random New Mexico town or something like that. Yeah. And then think about Dallas and the fact that it's interesting to me that people felt it necessary to subsidize bringing the arts to Dallas. Right. When you think about how that starts, like, you know, this was Prairie land 150 years ago. Mm -hmm. And out of all the different people that came here and settled here and built homes and all this, they built a symphony hall. Yeah. Anyway, go back to, I live vicariously through your Instagram. You were like a foodie Instagram god over Um, last week. The the place that we listened to the symphony and the orchestra was Benaroya Hall. 
Oh, you were ben so Arroyo. close. Yeah, so close. Seattle Hall, you know, Ben, ben Arroyo. Um, but yeah, so they played some Italian Baroque music, and uh, it was just great. And let's see what else we... I saw I, you at the first Starbucks. Oh, yeah, we went to the first Starbucks ever. Um, Pretty unassuming, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was chill. Yeah, it's like... If you've ever been to like a Starbucks reserve or whatever. Yeah, we, we went in the evening and there was like no line. We were the only people in there, but there's also no places to uh, sit. And so it's like you got to grab your stuff and then get gone because I don't think they want people lingering there since it's, uh, uh, I don't know, like a, the original establishment. Isn't it close to uh, the market? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I'd actually just been for the first time, I guess, the year prior. So yeah. I was somewhat living... Yeah, living that again. But give me your give me your take. I mean, I kind of prepped you that in my humble but correct opinion that mm. the folks, the citizens of Seattle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do I say this? Um, I felt like everybody was unshaven and running late to the coffee house to finish their screenplay. That was my vibe. And the most beautiful people that I encountered while there were definitely in the more touristy business areas. Um, Cause I, I stayed at a Airbnb in like a real neighborhood there. I'd say you're 60 to 70% right on that. All right. Um, uh, I'll take it. But I mean, dude, we were Ubering like the whole trip. We rented a car one day to go check out uh, some waterfalls about 45 minutes out um, at the Snoqualmie Falls. Um, but we were Ubering and, you know, our, our Uber drivers were, I mean, they didn't seem like crazy or anything. They were actually really, really kind people and, you know, just giving us a bunch of different places where we could go eat. Um, so we got like several restaurant and like dessert places um, recommended by them. And so I'd say the best food that we had was at this place called The Pink Door. Um, I had actually made reservations uh, for that restaurant a few months back, um, but I had this amazing ribeye and they had like these special salsas that go along with it. and It was to die for. It's interesting to see how you vacation because like you made reservations for a restaurant months ago and you took her to the symphony in Seattle. That was actually, well, she took me to that. Actually, I would have to give her credit for that. She picked that one. So you guys plan, like I like to show up. I like to book the trip a we, day in advance and show up uh, and not know anything. Yeah, we planned about 70% of the days, um, but then we all 70% <laughs> of the five days. Know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because we wanted to make sure that we got in a bunch of the places. And I also didn't want to sit around like twiddling my fingers, wondering what we're going to do. Um, I wanted to make sure that, you know, we had a great time and that I got to spoil her a little bit. Um, and so, man, the dessert places, there's this place called uh, Hot Cakes, which is like these molten cake uh, things. And they did like this s'mores molten cake and they roasted the marshmallow right in front of us and then put it on and uh, it was delicious man. Mm. sounds like fun yeah must be nice went to the pop culture museum oh, cool. um they had a bunch of different uh pieces and like attires uh, <laughs> they're like none of this is native to seattle come on in <laughs> right um but just like a bunch of different stuff that has been used in film and and uh, different stuff like that but we took a little cruise around the around the water over there and checked out some of the factories that they had going on and just just kept it pushing. Sounds like you went to Seattle, but you really went to Venice or something. <laughs> You're like, oh, the 
the dessert spots Dude. and the cruise and the symphony and the cathedral. Like, I mean, <laughs> roll with me. You'll have a good time. Seriously. I, <laughs> the only time I've ever been there was um, really just for business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Courtney was kind of making fun of me because I had so much of it planned out, but I think it worked in our favor in the end. Okay. Like well, we got to pack in a lot. We're getting somewhere. So she makes oh, fun well. of you. So now I know. So you're oh, the planner. Hey. hey, what are you doing here? No, I, I, it, I want to no, know. This is this was your first trip, right? It was our first. Okay, trip so it's interesting because I hadn't nailed y'all's dynamic, and I've gone to dinner with y'all like many times, multiple times now. Yeah. Um, we've been to the same parties probably two or three times now. Yeah. Um, like I definitely feel like I know her and have a rapport with her. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen you guys. Uh, I haven't seen your progression of interaction and who, who wears what pants, like. I'm not yeah. one of those people that thinks that one person wears the pants just all no, the time. No, definitely I think not. you wear them for different sets or different um, tasks yes. or themes. So. I would agree on that. Anyway, that's interesting. But um, why are you already back if you're off the rest of the week? Um, I mean, we were there for five days. Um, and I, I, well, I told you uh, whenever you showed up today that next week I will be uh, going to on this technology trip um in san marcus <laughs> and it's uh, basically technology the, trip to san marcus I, I guess we're yeah. gonna have to reskin that one <laughs> yeah um basically we're <laughs> but i still love technology <laughs> i don't know what that is well i mean you're like i'm going to technology i'm going on a technology trip i'm like are you going back in time <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's none of your business hear it from my shoes hear it from my ears like i'm going on a technology trip what if i told you like, I'm going on a hospitality trip. <laughs> what? I'm going on an oil and gas trip. I'm going on a like I don't. You're gonna check out some oil and gas, man. I'm going on a healthcare trip next week. Okay, you're gonna check out some health. <laughs> so, uh, technology. We're, yeah, it's like this convention for teachers, and we're gonna learn like how to use, I guess, more up to date technology in the classrooms, and like what could, what that could look like. Um, so they're sending like all the young teachers to check it out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like all the older ones like they're they are they're not going to integrate they're anything. like i got five classes left until <laughs> i'm done yeah they're like i'm retiring in five hours so yeah. it's a little late for me like i'm waiting for the bell harder than these kids are <laughs> yeah so three of us are going and um i didn't know this prior to planning the trip i only planned we planned the trip for five days just because i mean we didn't want to break the bank and after five days like really what more can you do um yeah i guess if you're gonna stay in one one spot um i guess normally i bank in time for driving because i like to i like to do road trips and stuff yeah anyway um i don't want to talk about any of that um uh what what technology do you use in the classroom day to day now uh i mean we have ipads and smart boards that we use on what's a a smart board smart boards are like your whiteboard except digital so uh whoa yeah what will you just it's like a big etch a sketch or um so think of like hmm, if i wanted to take notes i could literally put an image from our book uh, up on the screen and then i could underline like phrases and and do different types of highlights and then i could erase it just all at once by clicking a button um and so uh, it's it's hardware yeah, and you can do like more interactive stuff like with your PowerPoints and different things like that. Is it Microsoft? 
Um, no, I can't remember what the name is, but no, it's not Microsoft. Okay, so smart boards and uh, iPads. What are the iPads used for? Oh, it, I mean, we pretty much use it in every one of our classes now. But for us, I mean, we get to use digital tech bo- textbooks, um, which is awesome because now if a kid is struggling with reading, like, and they have a at-home assignment, they can like click an audio button and follow along as you know the book is read to them which i think is awesome because that that means i don't always have to be there or their parents don't always have to be there to read to them Um, i know i'm teaching high school but we still have kids that are coming from out of the country or they're just not up to par with their grade level as far as their reading capabilities or their reading comprehension so uh, using things like ipads and just having that um I don't know, just with them at all times is super helpful. Interesting. Um, how are they submitting papers and whatnot? Um, I mean, worksheets, you know, they just turn it into the bin, but all of their papers are ten- turned in uh, through Google Classroom. Um, really? Okay, so you're using, like, you're using cloud-based tools, oh, just yeah, browser-based? Yep. Okay. Uh, this is fascinating to me. Like, yeah. I, I've definitely talked to a lot of people um, in the LMS space, um, do you use like a learning management system or how do you track these kids grades and whatnot? Um, I mean, we have something that we use called, I mean, we have a thing called RenWeb where we put in our, all of their grades and then it calculates their score. If that's what you're talking about. Yeah. But like when you're posting like an A, B, C or D at the end of the year, what are you posting yeah, yeah, yeah. that Ren-Web. to? Okay. Yeah. RenWeb? Yep. Will you spell it? R-E-N-W-E-B. Oh my goodness, man. Um, yeah, but they've been using that for years. They were using that whenever, like, my high school, Burton, was using RenWeb back whenever I was going there. Interesting. It, it's just uh, more intuitive now, I guess. Interesting. But yeah, I, I can send um, all of my students, like, their parents' emails and phone numbers are locked into RenWeb. And so I can literally type out a message and just hit an arrow, and it shifts all of their. Uh, the recipients over to one side. So if I want to talk to a whole grade level, I just click on the grade, click all recipients, and it, um, I email them through through RenWeb, and that's kind of how they can communicate with me. And so, do all of your students have like a um, you know Joe Schmo at CTA dot org yep. or something? Okay, yeah, they have their own student emails. Oh wow, okay, yeah, and they, um, that's where they turn in their this is fascinating uh, essays and stuff. Um, so. I want to pitch Heston's company. Do it. Because um, he's got something going on specifically geared towards um, student safety and communications, especially uh, I feel like one of its most potent um, um, value drivers is going to be uh, its its place in a time of crisis specifically. Um, But I recently got a sneak uh, sneak preview of the dashboard and I was just like, whoa, okay, this is crazy. Yeah. So picture a school like CTA. Got it. Um, maybe you have like different quadrants. Like there's the gym, there's the baseball diamond, there's the parking lot, there's this block of classrooms, that block of classrooms. Okay. And then maybe like uh, one of the mobile buildings or whatever they have. Right. Um, he has this tool that basically gives you a dashboard that's cloud-based that shows by all the students' mobile phones, like IP addresses, it shows like where they are 
with an instant ability to communicate with them through the dashboard. Wow. So if there's ever like an active shooter in building one, mm-hmm. like you know exactly, exactly who's, who's in, in there based one. off of their phone. Yeah. And um, anyway, he's just got some incredible opportunities coming up. Um, yeah. Like, I don't want to. That's great. I haven't signed an NDA, so I'm hoping I, I don't know where the plug ends and like intellectual property begins. So well, apologies if I've said anything, but if there are any yeah. investors listening to this, like, yo, <laughs> like give this man your money right now. Absolutely. Because this student safety is, you know, our number one priority. So that's that sounds amazing. And he's been discussing this for um, quite some time, kind of in stealth mode and recently uh it sounds like recruited a um another technical fellow onto the team that sounds like he's just mega talented mega and he gave me the demo uh login for this dashboard and i just recently did it i unfortunately sat on it for probably two weeks or more just because i've been so busy but i logged in and i was just like whoa okay like i looked at my bank account immediately and was like can i invest in this and I can't. (laughs) No, but um, yeah, I think that that thing is about to blow up. And, you know, I I think it's really interesting to hear from a working teacher professional like yourself about the different systems that you use on a daily basis um, from like the actual consumer perspective. Like you're a buyer of that type of thing. So I'm going to be I really want to know more about the technology week in San Marcos. Like, yeah. It's basically a teacher conference where they're giving you like access to new tools and workshops and demos and mm-hmm. yeah, man, I'll I'll be happy to report back. Sounds like he should go to that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do you have an existing system that kind of shows like a digital footprint of where everyone is on campus and with the ability to instantly communicate with them? No, man. We have, I mean, so in RenWeb, we at the beginning of every class we're supposed to log like who's present, who's tardy, and who's absent. And so I do, I check, look around my room, make sure all my students are there. Then I put present for each of them, and that's that's it. Goodness, okay. So so if they're absent, that means I do not, like they are not in my classroom. They could be at the school, but I have no idea where they are. Yeah. Um, the, the applications for, uh, it's called Flybox, Flybox.io. So um, everybody go look that up on Twitter and uh, the web. I know that they have, I think they have a corporate site at this point. And yeah, you gave them a shout out recently and I retweeted. Yeah, I appreciate that. So I got a lot of retweets on that. Yeah. So if anyone follows us on Twitter, like just check our recent feed, you'll find it pretty quickly. Yeah. It's at Heston 83. That's the founder and CEO. And then um, Flybox.io. But um, the, the applications are endless in that. Think about. Like, what if you have a student that's expelled and you had the ability to track whether or not they broke the perimeter of the school campus? Yeah. What if you had a, a you know, one that was on a medical leave for a mental breakdown or something that could signal, um, you know, this person could be violent. They could return to campus with nefarious intentions. Like, it's like this digital safety net communication tool that, um, yeah, I, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, what else happened this? So you just got back. Yeah. Okay. I just pulled up my agenda. Um, 
before I, we've got so much honestly heavy stuff to kind of yeah, get to we can talk about um, that towards let's get through all the whatever stuff first um oh real quick uh shout out to you and your student um uh, hopefully we'll get a couple comments on this you know this week but uh you updated the the show art this week yes so pretty unique. if you're still just seeing that blue screen you need to refresh your page and you will see uh some new artwork that I designed with one of my students. Uh, he did the silhouettes of our faces, and then I did all the font and everything. But um, super happy about it. He did a great job. So when I first saw it, I was like, "That's us!" Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. I'm like, I shout out to Preston Chang. Preston Chang. Yes. Nice. Thanks, Preston. Good job. What junior senior? He is a sophomore. Okay. But uh, artistically inclined. Oh yeah, he's he's great. Okay, Very is that talented. his main forte, like drawing and yep. things like that? Yeah, he's a he's a twin. He has a twin brother. And uh, what's the other twin's specialty? Being annoying. No, oh snap! <laughs> no, I have a running joke with both of them that there are some students that actually do annoy me, and like I don't really. <laughs> I mean, we don't need to get into that, but. Yes, we um, do. They all, them two always come up to me and they actively like try to annoy me. And so it's just kind of this running joke, but, uh, but they're great kids and they, they do work really hard as much as they jokingly pester me. Um, uh, yeah, they're both, they're both good kids. Well, dope, man. Yeah. I was telling you the other day, you've added a lot of, uh, the creative director value to the show. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you having to come to my office last week and then us doing it a day later this week and me canceling next week, I figure figure I need to uh, need to, you know, do something for the show. Something. Yeah. <laughs> here's a drawing, here's a rap. Sorry, yeah. I can't be there. <laughs> what do you want from me? I rap for you, I drew for you. <laughs> just want just don't want you to think I don't care. No, I mean I felt like it was the least I could do in a lot of ways, just because you always come here. And I think technically that typically works out better for long form conversation, it seems. But, yeah. um, you know, yeah, you have been remarkably we've been remarkably consistent. Oh, yeah. Especially given just all the things that are, you know, we're both working a lot, obviously. Yeah, we're busy. We're busy people, you know. Yeah. But you um, got to provide for the people. Yeah, but uh, shout out to you and all the different parties that you've collaborated with to get the show song. Yeah, I love, love that from David Mwansa. Yeah. DK, I mean, the we've, Duke. We've talked, both of us, just in how much we believe in our friends and want to help them out as, as often as we can. So I, collaboration is just one of my favorite, favorite things to do. Well, it's culminated in, what is this, episode number 17? I don't know. One seven. Okay. So, yeah, we've been doing this for four or five months now in episode 17 we're at almost 30 hours of content we officially crossed a thousand listens on uh the platforms except for youtube which you know we Shout have more like closer to 1500 including youtube but five countries and yeah just really exciting man yeah um, so tell a friend to tell a friend yeah so uh super bowl sunday is that this week yeah, it is it's the sunday okay well, go Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> um, you know, I, I feel like this week has just come. It kind of came to a screeching halt in certain ways. Um, yeah. Just on Sunday, um, was sitting there in Lucky's Cafe and just kind of heard like a 
almost like an audible gasp. It seemed like it seemed like there was some sort of spectacle occurring. Like I heard a fork clang against a, a coffee mug and it's kind of like when something is happening, like a, a, a police siren or, um, you know, a, a spectacle, like somebody's being hurt. Like it just seemed like this ruckus was occurring. And I look over at the TV and I just like did a double take. Like I, I go, what? Like what? Cause it, it was saying at the time, this was probably, you know, an hour, uh, like maybe 30 minutes after TMZ had first initially reported it, but it showed, uh, you know, that Kobe Bryant was in a helicopter crash and had passed away. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, no, like people like that don't Mm-mm. like he's, he had everything, you know, he like, he was everything like, yeah. um, it was just one of those weird moments that you instantly connect with all of the other shocking deaths. Like, but this is shocking in a different way. Yeah. Well, I don't even know how we should unpack this because I have so many thoughts surrounding this. So do I. I'll just start with where I was. Uh, I told you that we had rented a car one day to go to the waterfalls and uh, we were actually driving back from that. We had just gotten done with our hike and oh. uh, my mom had texted me as we were driving and um, she's like, hey, I know you guys are on your trip and I don't want to bring up any like bad news or anything, but did you hear about Kobe? And it's like, no what happened? And before she had texted me back, like, you know, I go to Twitter for all of my news and I open it up, um, in the top stories and it says Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. And, um, this was like right after it was reported. So, you know, you had a lot of different, uh, parts of the story, some true, some weren't, uh, we didn't know all who was in the, in the helicopter with them. We didn't know if it was the entire family or whoever. Um, and uh yeah it's just so the way you got the news was way worse like i looked up and i saw the tv screen with like a live shot and you know the scrolling footer and you know i kind of had I, I guess in some ways the most shocking news kind of right off the bat like all at once and for you to first of all you're in nature you're like checking out waterfalls which yeah. kind of puts you into a different more emotionally vulnerable for me emotionally vulnerable mindset well, not only like that but i was also physically tired and yeah. so like i'm just like you know when you realize whatever, you're mortal like compared yeah. to the waterfall and the magnificent things around you that yeah. are so much bigger than you and so you're almost all, already in a reverent state yeah and so i'm driving back and uh, we courtney and i have a few hours to kill um before you know we go off to dinner i can't remember what was going on that night um but, you know, I just turned off the radio and I was just trying to process that. And she was staying pretty quiet. And, uh, you know, I, once we got back, she took a nap and I just kept reading the story. And I find that uh, his daughter was also in the helicopter. And that's whenever, you know, I allowed myself to, you know, shed some tears and um, just kind of process exactly what was going on. I one of the final memories that we have of Kobe is that, you know, meme that was going around with him and his daughter, um, Gigi, and um, just for her to be in the plane with them, you know, that he was going to support her and and continue her love of sports. I believe they were flying to go to one of her games or to a game with her um, and some other uh, close friends. And it was uh, her game and they okay. were her teammates yeah. and, and assorted parents. Right. And when I saw, dude, um, 
you know, I knew that there were other people on the flight manifest. And then, you know, it came out that one of his daughters and then it came out that it was the daughter from like the viral video from right. like the week before or whatever, where I'd organically seen Kobe in the news like several times in the last couple of weeks leading up to this. And part of it was just he, he'd had this uh, really decent season with the media where he'd retired in the utmost of grace mm-hmm. and respect and laud from all of his fellow um, competitors and athletes and like everybody in the world in many ways. And then had started to prove that he was like a, he had a lot of great sound bites about being a girl dad and like just, you know, he seemed to have his head screwed on straight and, um, to find out that one of his daughters passed and that it was her, it was just, I almost like laughed like, yeah, no, like that's so messed up. Like (laughs) it's like, we just saw it was still trending almost like, yeah. you know, I saw that video on Twitter a billion different times and to see the interaction between she's young, she was 13 and yet she had this like the way that he interacted with her, like almost like she was an adult or like a peer, like they were just checking out the game together and like the true rapport. Yeah, um, they were breaking it down. You could see he was giving her advice and and she was into it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just this beautiful moment. And then it's like they're they're both gone. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a big thing to unpack. And I was thinking, it, it I was so immediately sad and um just weirded out by this. And I I thought to myself very early on, like, what right do like how how invested in myself am I that like you know I feel like I have a right to be upset about this, but. At the same time, I realized he truly touched all these people. And if you're 30, which we are, you know, you grew up watching him play. Like, I remember reading inspirational stories about him as a kid, you know. I mean, you grew up throwing your your old homework into the trash, shouting out Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. Every basketball shot. Like, um, yeah. And... I just was thinking about his global uh, footprint because I described it like this to someone the other day. I was like, Kobe was famous in that every person in America knew who he was, but so did every person in Asia. Yeah. Like all the Asian mega, like Japan, yeah. every every Japanese person knew who Kobe was. Every Chinese person, yeah. every, all those big basketball countries, Dude, like he, he was. He's just a top competitor. And that's what people loved about him. I read a story uh, a couple days ago where it was saying uh, his whole team had uh, his shoes and they had just lost a game. And at practice, he collected all their shoes and like threw them away and said uh, that they were too soft to wear them. (laughs) I'm I'm like, he was about it, man. And, um, you know, you either loved him or hated him, but you definitely respected him. And, uh, you know, it just has floored everybody that he's just gone in an instant like that. We we tend to think like uh, these types of heroes or these legends, these people that we look up to, these high-profiled athletes, uh, they're going to live forever or they're going to at least, you know, die of old age. And we never expect a tragedy like this to happen. Um, you know, I had texted you the day of and I just said, dude, Kobe, like I texted you and my dad and uh and then we talked about just 
how sometimes these deaths can affect us. And we were just kind of agreeing that this is as crazy as like whenever Michael Jackson uh, had died. And I just, I remember where I was uh, during that too. And um, it's just, it's just something that you never expect, um, especially from a huge competitor uh, like Kobe. Like he had a long, um, he just had a lot more to give uh, even after retirement. And so it's just disappointing to not be able, like we're never going to be able to see him uh, continue, you know, working with his daughter and seeing what she was going to be able to do. And um, it's just, uh, it's just really sad. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean, in many ways, like, I mean, it's in some ways, these things are good, ultimately, in that the whole world in certain ways felt a sense of unity over this. And we live life so bubble wrapped, so safety um, enveloped, Mm -hmm. you know, fewer people. There's never been a a time period where like people aren't conquest, especially where we live. People aren't conquesting. There's no raiding villages or, you know, um, Vikings anymore. We're not in the food chain at all. Right. Um, We've totally mastered land and beast, you know, and oftentimes that we, we walk around with a total sense of disregard for, you know, the life that we've been given that day. Yeah. Like in many times when I, when something like this happens with Kobe, it's like the next morning you wake up and you should really be like, Holy crap. Like I have life today. Live it, live it. Like you have 12 hours left. Who would you call? What would you do? You know, would you yell at that person as they're leaving or would you say, Hey, no, I love you. Or, you know, just, just be a, a warm, kind person. And yeah, it just seemed, I felt like we were robbed in many ways, um, just because it's hard to separate all the different attributes. Cause like Kobe was really like, he was a handsome guy. Yeah. He was a very handsome guy and had a beautiful family and a beautiful life and was mega rich and disciplined. Like mm-hmm. it's like, he's one of those people that you'd be like, yeah, I'd probably trade places with Kobe for a yeah. minute. Um, um, did you watch his, uh, deer basketball? Whenever he retired, no. oh man, Oscar winner too. Yeah, it, you know it's a short, short little film. Um, I'm pretty sure you can find it on YouTube. I know it was trending around Twitter, but just a beautiful, you know, piece of work um, that I would highly recommend to anybody that hasn't seen it. And and going back to your statement, I knew that you were going to bring up Michael Jackson just because I'm trying to think about what separates this death, like those two deaths are, are way separate for me. So first of all, you were on the road back from the mountains hearing about Kobe. I was in a cafe, (laughs) um, (laughs) um, for Michael Jackson. I was, uh, I was a sophomore in college. It was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was working at a Jersey Mike's in Plano, Texas. Yeah. And, I was working all day that day and we had a little one of those little tiny plasmas like up in the corner of the restaurant. And um, to me, it was kind of like, okay, wow, this is a big deal. Like something shocking is happening. But at the same time, uh, Michael Jackson did not spend his last years like Kobe did. Right. He was not on top of his game. He was accused of being a pedophile. He had been hanging babies off of, you know, landings and, you know, yes. uh, mutilating himself, with plastic surgery and 
he was practically transracial it felt like there at the end and yeah. like we, we didn't know what was going on for me i wouldn't say that the tooth deaths affected me the same but just seeing like the just everybody talking about it and kind of how like the world just stops um that's kind of what i was likening it to i gotcha um, that makes sense for sure yeah i felt i felt personal loss with this kobe one like i felt yes. like i'm like oh i'm at an age where like yeah man like we almost watched, we watched him yeah like, i mean it's weird to find out superstar growing up man it, it's scary in some ways now that we're at influencer over younger children and and people age because your heroes when you're 10 they're all just 25 you know <laughs> yeah. like all your sports heroes are 25 to 30 yeah they're literally 10 12 15 17 years older than you and they're like you know you want to be them someday and then you realize when you grow up that their careers end and they're only 30 or 40 and right. like there's an entire life to be lived, you know, like you're just getting started in some ways. Like, yeah. I, dude, I remember being in college and just watching like college basketball or college uh, football. And then there was a point where I was either, you know, the same age or older than. And so it just became one of these things where it's like, that's no longer a dream. Like, that's not something that I can attain because they're the same age as me. And it's like kind of too late. I just always found that kind of funny because just that you bring up the the small little age difference um yeah it depresses me <laughs> very much so yeah. like basically based on all the projections that i've ever had as a human being on this earth i'm basically done like i yeah. didn't make it i'm 30 and like have not yet made it <laughs> oh that's okay because after this episode uh an angel investor is going to be listening and offer us a bunch of money i can feel it oh, for the podcast oh yeah <laughs> um Oh, that derailed me. I was about to say something. I'm so sorry. Um, I on. deflect oh, whenever I'm. So oh, oh, bad. but Kobe, the the passing of Kobe and the the seven or eight others, um, the eight others on that flight, it also showed me that I could get snuffed out tomorrow. You could exactly. get snuffed out tomorrow. And if they're going to make a documentary about your last, um, the last periods of your life, you know make sure that you're performing on all cylinders, no matter what portion of the journey you're in, Yeah. whether you're the CEO or you've just, you know, started, started at a new startup, you know, like whether you're a millionaire or, you know, still having to work for a little or whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know, like do it at the highest level with the highest amount of integrity because you just, sometimes I used to think like, I will work on this element of my reputation whenever I want to emerge as the person I'm going to be in the future. Like I'm not yeah. that person yet, but this also isn't the setting that I'm going to be that person in. So why be that person? Right. And it, I mean, dress for the job that you want, but also from like a character and disposition perspective, like yeah, absolutely. I remember reading the story about Kobe, um, probably 10 or 15 years ago now about his daily routine. Whenever there's a game in LA at like 7 30 PM, you know, he was choppering out of the house at like 7.30 a.m. or before mm -hmm. um, and like had this crazy routine of like practice, sleep, practice, eat, practice, sleep. And then he would like remain sequestered in a hotel that he had an executive stay at, like next to the stadium. And um, the, the greats, what I found with Kobe, with Tom Brady, um, you think that they just get paid millions to go to practice for a couple hours a day and then go home and play PlayStation. But the greats, 
they're there from 7.30 to oh, yeah. 6.30 minimum. Yeah. Like, you know, they work all day. They work a 50-hour work week minimum plus the game schedule and travel schedule, you yeah. know? Right. Like, it, it's a real thing. It's a real sense of devotion. And I just remember back in that time period when I was maybe 10 or 15, I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, he's got all this money, but I don't want to have to work from 7.30 to 5.30 and then go play the game. I thought yeah. he just got to go play the game and do a little bit of practice and like they stick microphones in his <laughs> face and he gets millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, your sense of your concepts are just so off. Yeah, because now heart. now I am working those hours. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and our lives are very different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't have access to a helicopter, which is fine. But um, anyway, um, yeah, I going to work. Uh, I work next to the American Airlines Center in Dallas, and uh, they've had actually the Mavs. Shout out to the Mavs. They're they retired retiring his jerseys. Jersey. Eight and twenty four. Eight and twenty four. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was just twenty four. Nope. Um. They they've had him on the the jumbotrons and the outside screens and all mm-hmm. of that for all week, and it was amazing how I was talking to Michael on the phone last night, and he was he's been out on these engagements. Um. He's currently in like Snowden, Minnesota, mm. and um. He was talking about how. He'd gone into the hotel room the other night to go access like the impeachment trial or whatever that was being covered live and that they'd broken in for like Kobe coverage, essentially. And he's like, you've got to be a pretty monumental character. Like (laughs) the leader of the free world is being impeached currently, which no one cares about. And it's been it's been very boring. Yeah, it's been hell. (laughs) Yeah, we can say that. I was going to say hella boring, (laughs) like super boring, (laughs) which is so Trump has made politics so funny and crazy and like not boring. Yeah. Say what you will. It's not been boring, you know, and then this impeachment is like it's like a return to the past, you know. But anyway, he was just saying that you've got to be a a hell of a character to, you know, break into the impeachment trial coverage wall to wall. Um, yeah, (sighs) really, really heavy. I cried a lot on Sunday between that. And, um, you know, there was the farmers, (laughs) farmers tour, um, Mm. farmers, uh, competition on the PGA tour was happening. And anytime a Sunday winner is crowned, I'm crying. And then, (laughs) um, the Grammys made me cry pretty much every, Oh yeah. Like, Alicia Keys is like I didn't I didn't get to watch the Grammys because I was away. So wh- oh, what happened there? I I did pull up uh, that Billie Eilish like swept. Yeah, I turned it off before. Okay, I saw much of yeah. her. I saw her on the she red got carpet. what artist of the year, record of the year, song of the year, and then one other of the year. It's kind of disturbing when you find out that she's like eleven years old. Yeah, and writing those songs with her brother. Yeah. <laughs> Like I felt like they were the brother like, and sister from like, Blades of Glory. Yeah, don't way. get me wrong. Like brother and sister working together is fine, but just the lyrical content. Whenever you put that into perspective, it's just a little odd. Yeah, all I'm saying. I felt like brother and sister that like sleep together or something. <laughs> well, there you go. There you have it, folks. Feels like when she wins, they like start making out. Yeah, like, I don't know. I love it's you, just, brother. It's just a little odd. Anyway, but, um, um, okay. So what? What were the highlights? We're gonna get in trouble for that one. Nah. So you remember that person that I called <laughs> FAT a couple weeks ago? Oh yes, Lizzo. Okay, so she rocked the house. She opened up. Whoa, hey, what? Rocked the house? What's the matter with that? Because she's big. 
<laughs> that's not how I no. meant it at all. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm that's totally kidding. bull. I'm not going to accept kidding. that. I'm she <laughs> she brought the roof down because she's so big. <laughs> no, she like did a, a bang up performance. So basically they, you know, the Grammys open and she's facing the orchestra choir or whatever is going on on the stage. And she just throws her head back and she goes, this one's for Kobe. And everyone starts, mm. you know, uh, applauding and cheering. And then she goes into like a two or three song medley. Um, okay. Why Men Great, all that. Um, uh, her main big hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she can sing. Oh, yeah. She's... She can sing. Like, she was the best live performance I heard all night that I saw personally. Yeah. Um, like, she's way better than Gwen Stefani, for instance. Gwen Stefani live is not great yeah i'm um, sure and i love blake shelton and i love her too but anyway so they did the two or three song medley but then alicia keys comes out and she wasn't even playing she was like she had a slight smile like more of like a warm calming vibe yeah and she said we're all here tonight and i know that our heads are everywhere else and she was basically like it's difficult to even have these grammys you know when the man that built this house, mm -hmm. you know, passed today. And I mean, it's just an immediate tearjerker like yeah. her because she's not like, hey, welcome to the great. There's none of that. It was right. like solemn, solemn, solemn. And then she's like, we're going to do this the only way that we know how. And she starts singing this little like lullaby, like, you know, we're going to miss you, like whatever song. And then boys to men come out to join her. And I was just like come on yeah. like it was waterworks <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> and pretty much everyone mentioned something about it for the first yeah. you know a couple segments that i watched and okay um i i had been at uh lucky's that midday with ellen when i first saw this and i told her i said when we watch the cbs golf coverage later like i bet they bring this up first thing and i bet the grammys are all about this yeah. and so i turn on the farmers um uh, tournament and uh it's at tory pines in san diego it's like a big deal you know the top top people in the field tiger is in contention and literally jim nance just comes across on the broadcast line and he's like he didn't say a thing about golf yeah. <laughs> he just immediately started talking about kobe and like everyone was just so shook yeah i mean he transcended basketball into all other like beyond sports too it, it's just crazy the reach that he had just because he's a top competitor and um, was just one of the greatest athletes. Yeah. Um, I, Can you think of another person that, because I know that like you just listened to Mac Miller's album and obviously yeah. he passed. I but mean, that's more that like even a personal, unexpectedly to you. Like, uh, I feel like there's certain people where it's like it's Kobe less, was unexpected. It's less unexpected because, you know, drug use and, and different things like that. Like he, like Mac Miller made it known that, he was addicted to drugs and he was supposedly getting help, but you know, didn't work out that way. And, um, it was more shocking for me because it was like a month after his album. Like I had already purchased a t-shirt. I was ready to buy concert tickets. Um, and I was just so attached to the album. Um, but overall, like Kobe's was more unexpected. Um, just cause you know, just the, the way that he died, like Mac Miller, drug use that's that's not even though it's really sad it's not super surprising um you know i would go out on a limb and say that um we haven't been shook 
like this. And this one was on a much smaller scale in certain ways. But uh, I remember Anthony Bourdain upset a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, that one was kind of unexpected. And, yeah. You know, it was also a, a posthumous uh, situation in that I think the last season of Parts Unknown was still mm-hmm. going to air. And so then that became like a real event every week, yeah. you know. And um, Same with Robin Williams. But yeah. at the same time, like, if you look at the way that they died, like, I think it's a little different whenever it's suicide compared to like a tragic accident. Like Kobe, you know, he didn't take his own life. Um, I I don't know. I just, I think it's a little different. Like maybe the reactions are the same, but just because of the way in which he died is just even more unexpected. Um, And it feels like it could have been prevented. Um. The only other thing that I was going to bring up about the, uh, you know, the Kobe tragedy is uh, the way in which TMZ reported his death and the death of others. Uh, I don't know if you had saw, but the TMZ reported it before the families uh, had even been notified. And I was just going to see. Uh, well, everybody did, right? Well, yeah, because TMZ broke the news. Yeah, but to be honest with you, like, I think that I never personally in in watching cable news and Twitter and social media and basically everything, um, I I didn't feel like there were a lot of retractions that I saw. Like, I didn't I didn't ever get uh, false or like fallacious material. I'm not saying. Well, I did see false material. Yeah. but that's not even what I'm talking about. I just mean the fact that they broke the news before the families were able to be notified. Like, wouldn't you rather know like one of your loved ones had passed directly from somebody else before the whole, like you're not finding out with the rest of the world. Yeah, sure. I mean, I would love to have my, (laughs) I've been out of control all day. My husband and daughter are dying on a helicopter crash as they're, you know, their bodies are mangled and being engulfed yeah. in flames, but well, it's just I'm like, mad about the way that I was told about that. I mean, yeah, I totally get your point. We're past that. Like, not only for Kobe, not only because he was like a a huge figure in this world, but also just we're past that with technology. Like, there's cameras everywhere. There's social media everywhere. Um, I, I, I don't know. Whenever you're like high profile like that, like Kobe's wife. All of a sudden, she's receiving all these DMs before she's even told that he's passed and people are like hitting her up. Uh, I don't agree with that. Uh, I think people should still have the luxury of, of uh, you know, not finding out from social media personally. I mean, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think that your disagreement is with uh, some of the major tenants of social media. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... Um, you can't control that beast. And that is, to be honest but, with you, I hadn't really but, thought about it from that perspective. And so I'm, I'm glad that you bring up this viewpoint because, you know, it, it brings up something that I'd like to articulate in a larger way yeah. or extrapolate from. And that is, um, like, we all carry around all of our historical stories in between our two ears. And what we think and what we've been told and what we believe and what we're going to do. And that forms who we are. Like it's all between our ears, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just that one little cavity where everything, where we actually are, where our head, you know, our, our head spaces. And, um, 
when you're not there and coherent to tell your story of like, this is where I've been, this is where I'm going. Yeah. It, it just is snuffed out. And like, I see this in like, I'm doing such a horrible job of articulating this, but I think about it with like emergency services mm -hmm. and EMS and police. Like I watch live PD and you know, they, they roll up to a parking lot and they see somebody with blood all over their face. Right. And they, they don't know if this person just fell in a single person accident. They don't know if they're on drugs. They don't know if they were just beaten and hurt. Um, they don't know if, this is the person that just killed someone and it's that person's blood all over mm -hmm. their face. Like once, once time has passed, like it's like, I, I don't know how I'm articulating this, but how could Vanessa have found out except like, unless emergency services had gone and identified them, I mean, taken well, them to the morgue and then gone to her house. Somebody and had told the wherewithal her. to tell reporters who was in the helicopter. And I just think whoever that person was, like probably got paid off by TMZ, honestly. Um, of course, Actually, that is a good point. Yeah. I guess my main point is even if you're first responders, all you know, likely a helicopter crash into a hill in Calabasas. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. But somebody knew to tell TMZ that it was Kobe Bryant and his daughter, and whoever that was, you know, didn't... even then it was a two-parter. Yeah. So how do you explain that? I I personally can't, but whoever recognizes them as Kobe Bryant, Gigi, and friends, you know, should be able to get a hold of the families before they get a hold of TMZ or or whoever is all I'm trying to say. Here's, um, but then again, I wasn't there either, so I don't know the exact story. Also, you know, it's a lot easier to get a hold of TMZ than it is Vanessa Bryan, honestly. Like, yeah. what are you supposed to do? Yeah. You know, go up to the gate? Yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that her life temporarily came to a screeching halt on Sunday, and right. I feel devastated for their families, all of their families. I, I yeah. heard some interviews about the the baseball coach dad that you know was very respected by his mm -hmm. colleagues and i don't even know all the other names and i apologize i'm not professing to right. you know um you know i it was interesting to see the media quickly start to um quickly start to try to provide um language about the others yes. like kobe bryant and others kobe brought the tragedy with you know nine lives taken yeah. and including kobe bryant and Gigi, like yeah. everybody was trying to be more um thoughtful and responsive to the fact that he's a celebrity we shouldn't yeah. just say that it was his life lost which is cool that's that's very cool and i it, it signaled a, a shift in the culture in many ways mm -hmm. um but you know in some ways it's okay yeah that so that's what I was going to say. Like, I saw some people saying like, oh, you need to say the names of the others lost too." And it's like, while I agree, we should respect them. There's a person on the helicopter crash that impacted our lives that we looked up to. And just like, I don't know the strangers who live across the street from you. And I'm not going to know whenever they're experiencing loss. And I'm probably not going to grieve over the same people that they're grieving over whenever they lose someone. Like we're all collectively grieving over Kobe because he meant something to us. And, you know, it is a tragedy that others were involved in the crash. And yes, we should respect them and lift them up. But 
to say that we're feeling the same impact us personally is is different you know? well they they didn't impact our lives right. straight up um i mean unless and one so, of them was the yeah nobody nobody's or... saying that it's not a not tragic oh it's tragic <laughs> but outside uh, of people having impact on you you really yeah. don't care and but the, yeah so that's just kind of what i saw on twitter from some people that i i don't know if they were trying to get clout or just feel you know better than everybody else like these people had names and it's like yes they did and yes we we should be saddened about that as well um but this death like no shade but man i'm so sick of the social justice warrior that's just like virtue signaling and yeah you know not really yeah if i find an issue with it then i saw several abuses on twitter and um i saw one where somebody was sharing their referral link for like 1-800 flowers and they tagged disgusting kobe bryant Gigi bryant tragedy calabasas like they'd done everything and i immediately saw that and i was like oh i'm gonna click into this one because i bet this person just got torn a new one and people were just like f you like they were like good i mean they literally just laid it on it was so funny i'm reading report like there are different sites reporting, you know, his wife and, and her reaction and how she can't find the words. And it's like, we don't need a report on that right now. We know that she, that she's experiencing loss and she's grieving. Like, you, we, we don't need we don't need an article from you telling us that. I mean, has anybody weird? has anybody seen her? I don't know. I feel like that's why they're saying she's at a loss for words because they haven't gotten an interview. Yeah, it's like nor should they. We like, don't we don't need your media presence right now. Did you see Doc Rivers just like crying a stream yeah. in the uh the locker room? Yeah, him. I saw Shaq. Uh Kyrie like took a day off. Yeah. Um Yeah, man. Uh, People I, pretty much bullied LeBron into writing a response. He he had to write a response on Instagram because so many people were saying like, "Oh, what is what do you think about this?" and, you know, calling him out for not responding yet. And he posted on Instagram, like, I don't have the words right now. And then, you know, he went on to do a short little paragraph, but I'm sure he would have said more uh, have, had he not been pressured into. That, that's just another stupid thing. Like, you know, it goes back to that cancel culture. Like, everybody's expecting people to act a certain way within a certain amount of time. Um, and it's like a lot of people writing these articles or making these little comments on Twitter, you weren't directly involved and you didn't actually know kobe bryant like maybe you looked up to him but you didn't actually know him and there's a lot of athletes that did and everybody has their own way of grieving and so to say like oh he's he doesn't care or that you know he should have responded by now is just straight up ridiculous um yeah yeah i mean (laughs) of course it is and it's baffling that one is extra conflicting in that you know he broke Kobe's all-time scoring record the day before, the day before, the yeah. night before, yeah. and had commented on that Dude. the night before. Yeah. And, um, you know, that weird, weird deal. Um, like Kobe dies mere hours after that happens. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll bet you he feels eerie about all that. I'll bet you anything. Like, he feels a, a little strange about all that, yeah. and, um. The so that was one of the real tear jerkers for me on Sunday was I was watching I was watching PGA and Tiger was in contention down the stretch on Sunday 
and Tiger and Kobe were friends. And of course they were pulling the photo of like the two of them, the first year that Kobe got drafted. And mm-hmm. it was the first year that Tiger won the masters in 97. And like, you know, they were just kids, man. Like they looked so young and they're yeah. um, hugging in the clubhouse type deal. And um, so we knew that Tiger's caddy had been told that uh, Kobe had passed. And what we ended up finding out on the back nine of the tournament was that the caddy had not yet told Tiger in an effort to not distract him. And so it was really interesting because Tiger wraps up his round. He's not in contention. He's several shots back minimum. Like he's not going to win the tournament. Uh, The other, you know, the leaders are still coming in and for whatever reason, it's like we all knew what was happening, but Jim Nance just went silent and the camera just followed Tiger and his caddy as he walked from the 18th green to the clubhouse. And nobody said a thing because we were all trying to listen in. They had, they had a microphone following and we were just trying to listen. And you see the caddy start to tell Tiger what had happened. And you just see Tiger kind of stiffen and he pulls his head back and he looks at his caddy and he goes, excuse me. And that was the only audible thing that the CBS or yeah, CBS, CBS audience could hear at that time. So he goes into the clubhouse. I'm like bawling, you know, and then he comes charging back out. Like he signs a scorecard, all of this. He gets briefed on what's occurred. He comes charging back out to Amanda Balionis and like wanted to say something pretty immediately. Like, and he held it together and he, he just, it's like he went into this overdrive where he felt a sense of commitment to act professionally and like mm-hmm. as a great to call out another great. Because when you think about people in Kobe and Tiger's positions, they really don't have anybody to look up to other than <laughs> right. each other, right? Like, yeah. you know, and they're, they're some of those prolific one, one word name goats of a sport that will never be replaced. Right. You know, Kobe for basketball, Tiger, Tiger. for golf. Um, trendsetters, trailblazers, blah, blah, blah. So he comes back out and immediately delivers like a, a heartfelt address uh, to the media. And I was like really impressed by him because I, I just thought about how emotional that was. And like the announcers were giving his caddy so much, um, so many props for like his ability to keep that under his hat mm-hmm. so that he didn't distract his boss while he's out there golfing. But Tiger, this is how genuine the reaction was, was that when he was talking to the press, he said, everyone kept shouting, do it for Mamba. And I didn't know what they meant. Like he's like, that came out of nowhere. And so he genuinely didn't know until after the round, even though people were saying, do it for Kobe, do it for black Mamba. Wow. That's, that's crazy. And I mean, there are just so many stories like that over the weekend with all like a bunch of NBA games with a bunch of, you know, people finding out on their bench or being told at like post-game interviews and um, just uh, just really sad. Um, but I don't know if you have any more to add uh, add with this or not. Um, no, I mean, I, I just feel like it, it was a general theme for the, the first portion of this week. Um, you know, you're just reminded of it every time you turn on the radio, the yeah. TV – when I walk down the street, um, every every digital billboard in Victory Park and South Victory Park rotates to Kobe, um, like every sixth every sixth slide, like yeah. to this day. 
Yeah. And I got to go to the Dallas Stars game last night. Um, and, you know, people were talking about it there and like, you know, um, obviously seeing him all over the billboards and everything uh, leading into the game. It just, you know, it's kind of exciting because you're going to watch Dallas Stars versus mm-hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs. But then you see the, the Kobe piece and you're like, Kobe's played in this arena. Kobe's yeah. been here. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a a mind screw, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, um, so rest in peace, Kobe Bryant and Gigi, and uh, all the love to uh, the Bryants and the other families grieving over the deaths from the plane or from the helicopter crash. So, was it worth it? Would you still? trade places with Kobe from 18 to 41, knowing that you were going to be snuffed out at 41, or would you take somewhat, whatever we exhibit, more mediocrity, <laughs> less impressive resumes? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're doing our own journey. we got our own things going on. Um, yeah. But we, we still have, I don't know, dude. Like, nah, I, I, I immediately can't. thought of like what you were saying when we had our like big death talk, like I don't know, five or ten episodes ago. Um, your, one of your predominant leading concerns or mystifications in your mind was surrounding, uh, just random ways to go out and that it could, it could be proximate. Like you never know, like it could be, you were worried about the freak accidents and you were worried about two people being separated and then having to come back together and like nothing really Mm -hmm. would have happened. And I've, I've experienced that too. Like when I think about traveling across country or around the world and it's like your, you're on trains, planes, automobiles, ferries, and transitioning in between all of those things. And like nothing happened. Not only did nothing happen, you didn't even miss a leg of the journey or a flight. Yeah. But also like on the way home, uh, this was after, you know, the helicopter crash. I'm on the plane, Courtney's sleeping on my shoulder. She's, you know, and we start experiencing turbulence and I'm like, now's not the time for this. And, you know, I I don't want to, like make it all about me or, you know, bring up something that you shouldn't worry about, but just feeling like the, uh, the plane shake, you know, somewhat badly, the seatbelt sign comes on and then, you know, there's silence. Um, after a tragedy like that, that I've spent, you know, all weekend reading about, it does make you a little bit more, uh, attuned or, or, uh, I don't know, I guess worried, um, whenever something, whenever you experience something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that we were even close to that, but it definitely brings it more to the forefront. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could go out in any way, and that was definitely exhibited for us Yeah, this weekend. Um, so would I trade places? Probably not. Yeah. Well, it makes you... It's like... He got to enjoy some of this, I know, but also I feel like he put in all the intensive beginning and, you know, middle of life, all the ramp up, all the hard work and dedication and like, yeah. So now he could just kick back with his family. Yeah. And like, I don't know, it makes you rethink work-life balance and like how you should be spending your time. And like, I don't know you think about all the time that he spent away from his family thinking I'm going to spend it with them in the future when I get done with all this. And then he had three or four short years, yep. you know, yep. had a seven, he has a seven month old. Right. 
Um, yeah, that's quite the, they have quite the spread of, of aged children, but yeah. will you get us off this topic? Um, yeah. Um, okay. We'll keep it in <laughs> basketball. Luca is out for oh. tomorrow's game. Uh, he's re hurt his ankle and, you know, he had, ex- he was out for basketball games, um, from his injury, however, what a month or two ago. Um, and he hurt himself in practice or somebody hurt him in practice and he's out for tomorrow and he's planning on getting an MRI for that. Um, so I don't know if that'll be interesting to see how the Mavs do without Luca. Uh, they do have Porzingis back. Um, so hopefully he can hold them down. Cool. Yep. Um, you know, uh, this week's must heard. Ooh, <laughs> I'm glad that that's finally caught up. Had a good conversation about Dallas Stars hockey last night with a, a season ticket holder mm. who's in the know. You got some tea for us? Well, you remember the big debate about why why such a winning coach would be let go so unceremoniously? With... Ah, yes. He had an alcohol issue. Okay, so maybe this is just common knowledge <laughs> that I didn't know about it. Yes. Okay. I thought I, sorry, I thought I had brought it up. Um, going back to the Mavericks, though, uh, he was telling me that with all of their sexual scandals, which I, I somewhat remembered, but I couldn't remember who was really at fault there. But The Mavericks? Yeah, yeah. You know, they had a... They had to like clean up their organization and like do um um they had a, like a new sexual harassment policy and turns out uh did you know that they don't have any female cheerleaders for the Mavs anymore? I had no idea. <laughs> you know how they have the fat guys, the Mavs maniacs. <laughs> yeah. That's all they have now. Oh wow! There are no female cheerleaders of any kind. Okay. That I I was just told that for the first time last night. I'm like, how has this not been? All over my radar. They couldn't re- get rid of the pervs, so they had to just like do away with the temptation. I, I don't know. I <laughs> I'm not I'm not really sure. I'm not sure yeah. what purpose that solves them. <laughs> Is that not what they did? Uh, I mean, they uh, did away with the cheerleaders. I was right. told. I, I don't know if the cheerleaders were the victims of some untoward advances. Like somebody was like, "Hey, you dance good," or I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I will say that. I mean, we talked about this the other day. Like those Dallas Mavs dancers were definitely provocative AF for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, the 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 Stars Ice Girls are not so much. No. Um, what do you think the hierarchy is with the Ice Girls and the NHL? Like, who do you think is on top? The girls that dance up in the upper bowl, or the girls with the shovels that are skating around the ice and like you shovels? Know, shovels? Do you think they're on top? You don't. Well, I do. But I was told last night it's a lot harder to dance than it is to uh, skate around with a shovel. <laughs> that might be and, true. And once that was said to me, I couldn't not see it that way. For All right, moment. that's fair. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back to my. All I could picture was like me going around and finding that one lip in the side of the rink and like racking myself on the shovel, yeah. going full speed. I'm gonna have to go back to film and report next week. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll um, tell you what. The apparently hockey fans do not like brunettes. I felt like ninety nine percent of those girls were blondes. Oh, a hundred percent. Interesting. I gotta think. Like, why are you doing that nowadays? Like, we all know those girls get like. Don't they pay they, to do that? Like, yeah, like they do. They, they get, get ten dollars a game. Like, well, you know, you you find out who they are, then you can have like a successful Instagram. I don't follow a single. Well, I'm not saying cheerleader, you do, nor do I, but. Like, I think the idea is, you know, 
that's like a uh, just like a stepping stone for them. It's like they get recognized a little bit, and hopefully that leads them to a bigger opportunity. I mean, it's definitely happened. Like, wasn't Paula Abdul a Lakers girl back in the day? Yeah. Um, I've known my dad has had successful business friends, um, female business friends that translated like a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader ship into uh, meaningful real estate connections and hmm. things like that. Um, yeah. I'm sure that there's the cheerleader that snagged the quarterback. I know that's happened. Yeah. Let your dad know that I will be looking uh, to buy a house <laughs> within the next year. So if he can hook, you know. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think he, he doesn't do that. The the only time he's ever sold like stuff like that is when he's like donating the money. No, I meant because you said he knew a former cheerleader that is. Oh, she's commercial too. They're all commercial. I was just teasing. The joke backfired. It's fine. Yeah, Um, your jokes suck, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm like, you can call a realtor on your own, bro. (laughs) It's all jokes. You think we're trying to move a house? Hey guys, I sold a house. <laughs> hey, there's uh, money to be made there. You know don't, what? There is Million Dollar Listing is one of my favorite shows. Um, I have friends actually from my various sales posts that have turned into successful realtors, and ah, sometimes it's been a- attractive to me, man. Yeah, you know, we should do it for the pod. We should flip a house. <laughs> How is that going to benefit this podcast? I don't know. Get more content. <laughs> yeah, we'll be like. Uh, hey, welcome to the weekly catch-up podcast from Baylor Hospital, where we've got Carson with a nail gun through his hand. Hey, everyone. Uh, they're going to have to treat, treat me for the paint fumes. <laughs> I'll be like, this is uh, Jimmy Carter for ha- ha- Homes for, he- what is it? Uh, Habitat for Humanity. There we go. Is that it? Sure. Houses for the homeless. <laughs> <laughs> This is a topic that has no legs whatsoever. I'm, I apologize for. I liked your plug where you were like, "Hey man, uh, if someone could buy me a home, that'd be great." Because I'm loaded and looking for a house. No, it was solely for the Dallas Cowboys cheerleader joke. Um, that was it. Well, listen, man. If you need to call it Dallas Cowboys I cheerleader, don't. I am in a very committed relationship. It was just for the joke. All right, fine. Jeez, um, you are getting. What are you, four months, five months away from potentially looking at MLS listings? Um, you on Zillow already? I downloaded Zillow. I downloaded it like whenever I first moved back from Maryland. So yeah, I'm always like peeping at it. <laughs> I got a call from a, a mortgage banker on Monday. He's like, I saw you filled out a form. And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a waste of your Not time. <laughs> I'm like that, that $10 million home on Beverly that I was doing a mortgage calculator on. I'm not a real serious buyer at this time. Like if things change, definitely let me know. Yeah. Um, but if you have any more open houses, like with the finger foods, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just plugging in $50,000 down payments on $10 million homes to mortgage calculators all over the map. <laughs> like an oh, idiot. Um, great. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, that did happen. <laughs> it wasn't for a $10 million home, but yeah. I did find a very, very nice $755,000 home that I I would like. Okay. Um, so I'll let you know when I don't get that. <laughs> Got it. Cool. <laughs> Going to be renting for another little while, B-Rad. Partially because I'm not going to buy a house. Like, I'm not going to buy a house until I can buy the house, you know? Yeah. Like, are you going to buy a house that this is like the 10-year home? No. You're buying a forever home? I mean... You're just buying the for now home? Like, 
it's more I, it's more of like it's more long term sure i talked to a couple the other day that were like we're about to buy our 30 year home and i was just like oh like that's a gross way to look at life yeah. like <laughs> that's, is that because that's the mortgage t- y- like year 29 rolls around and they're like well yeah gotta move one more house till we're dead <laughs> you know like what a weird thing yeah. you know yeah. I, I, like I don't to- have a set time on anything but i i mean i love my job my family's here i'm dating a girl her you know she's living in texas she's looking for a job here her family lives here um uh, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna plan some roots. Yeah, I'm. I'm not opposed to moving away, but if I've, I'm gonna be here for a while. And oh, see, I'm looking uh, at like more myopic moves. Is that the right way to say that? Like, I don't. Know. Not even across country. I'm talking about. You know, what if this part of town isn't cool next year? You know, oh. like I, I've moved around. There have been times that I've moved from one place in uptown to another place in uptown because the street changed. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm less <laughs> picky about that. I think. Just give me a little bit of land. Put me in like Alvarado or Burleson and I'm good. Can you paint me a Birmingham? <laughs> Make it look just the way I plan. <laughs> okay, just don't add anything. Jeez I was just, I don't know what I was going to say to that. I mean, I'm riffing here and you're just like, okay. I'm just thinking of which record, record label is going to pick you up first. Yeah, I think you said it right the first time. Which wreck it label? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So you have uh, you just wanted to talk Kobe and then get out of here? <laughs> no, what no. What are you thinking? Uh, I mean, I thought you had a list of notes, my friend. I mean, it was kind of like Kobe, reflections on Kobe. Okay. <laughs> How Kobe makes uh, you think about your own. Like, it was all like, <laughs> I mean, I have here. We can go back to the Grammys. I have a Iowa more. caucus is in no, mere days. No, moving on. I mean, that's um, this week. Yeah. Or next week. So let's report back once it happens. Okay. Um, Grammys. Uh, Tyler didn't watch. No, but I read more. And he performed, and it was wild. Who's he? Tyler, the creator. Okay, that's who I was about to talk about. I know. You just said Tyler. I knew where you were going. Okay. Anyway, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Um, but are. did you hear his acceptance speech? Yeah. Okay. So that's what I wanted to talk First about. First of all, his mama crashed it. <laughs> <She> just, <laughs> I don't think he invited yeah. her up. It was just a happy coincidence. She's like, I'm here too. Well, this goes back to my talk um, whenever the nominations first came out. And I went on this long rant about Tyler, the creator, and how I definitely think he deserves, you know, best album. But for it to be best rap album, um, it doesn't make any sense because it wasn't a rap album. And that was kind of what his whole speech was about. So I felt uh, validated for the rant that I went on. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he was basically just saying like half of him was really excited that he would even be, you know, nominated and then to win the award for best rap album. But then the other part is like, you know, just because he's black and he has rapped before doesn't mean that this particular album was rap or considered hip hop. Um, And so he feels like to be put in like the urban category, it's just white people's (laughs) nice way of saying the N word. Okay. Which, which I mean, I I feel like he's totally fair in that statement, because um, again, if if you've listened to the album, it's it's not rap. Well, the the song that he performed uh, was insane, and like the <laughs> visuals were insane with it, and he's insane, and yeah. he was at, at his he was uh, in what, his element. When you say the insane, most... um, is this like a positive insane or a negative insane? Because I didn't see the performance. Um. Listen, I, I like it, you know. Okay. I, I'm all about weird stuff and yeah. um this this was so weird that <laughs> I mean the song is so weird and okay. 
um, uh, his his performance with the lights and the choreography, like the the whole digital display that he had set up, and the fact that he was there in like a little, you know, blonde bob wig, and you're like, you know, um, I saw him on the red carpet. He was out of place, and it, I almost felt like hey man settle in you know like you're there you deserve to be there i'm sorry that they put you in the urban category you know the type of music that you're making it has no closest competitor because it's crazy and a lot of people would say that it's crazy noise and very disturbing and not pleasant (laughs) to listen to i personally think it was cool and definitely a spectacle but you know i'm sorry we don't have choir goes to screech music where he's like he's making like bird noises and like (laughs) You know, what's the big song that he has off that album where he's, you know, uh, it goes from like earthquake, earthquake, uh, maybe um, that's the big song off the album. He made have he may have performed something different, though. OK, <laughs> will you look up what he performed? Because I don't know if this is the main jam, but he was just like like he would literally just like screech at certain points. He'd be like, yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, it makes Travis Scott look like Bing Crosby or something like. So he did a med, or he did two songs like mixed together. So he did Earthquake, and then it turned into a new Magic Wand. Yeah, uh, wild stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch. Doesn't that. fit into any category per se. So <laughs> so they need to create a new category. And and listen, like I'm sorry, like you know, Lil Nas was taken off of uh, country. Dude, Lil Nas uh, X performed with Nas, like big. I Nas. know Nas actually That's sounded great, amazing. Nas was like really. I was disappointed when that ended because when he came out, I was like, whoa, 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 okay. Dude, I would have never expected. And BTS that. was on the <laughs> yeah. the remix of yeah, the Korean Old Town pop Road. group. Um, BTS, yeah, K-pop, um, yeah. But to but to see uh, Nas perform with them, I, I was just that was awesome cool to me. Uh, Nas was, cool. was one of my favorites. So I mean, it's weird that. Um, Lil Nas X has like a 10 minute medley and Nas comes on stage for about 45 seconds right. max. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> like keep him up there. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I thought that Lizzo was an amazing performance. I thought that Nas did a great performance. Um, I thought that Tyler, the creator did a great performance. I think that, uh, you know, he can do whatever he wants. Um, I just felt like, I mean, when you make it to the end zone, act like you've been there before right. in so many different ways. Like, dude, I feel that on so many levels. I feel that being like an assistant coach to my players, whenever they get like super hyped, I'm like, yeah, like let's get pumped up, but let's act like this was on purpose. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like handle business. You know? I, yeah, I yeah. So you know, from celebrity to small town basketball team, like I feel that in every way. Yeah. Well, he was a big old victim. Um, of like this giant misunderstanding with what I'm creating and like to even be here. And he was just kind of ADD head on a swivel. His mom came up on stage. Mm. Uh, no issue with anything. I don't, I don't care about any of this, right? right? Like it doesn't concern me. You can say whatever you want at any point. Like I really don't care. Yeah. Nothing bugs me. Um, I'm just commenting on, uh, career optimizations in terms of my perception of, yeah. your, I don't know. You just want a Grammy. Like, it, it's not it's not unexpected to consumers like you know how sometimes we get off this podcast and we're like oh crap what did i just say i just <laughs> totally screwed myself like yeah. um i'm very nervous about this and then or you even think like wow we just went on a real ramble and there was no 
cohesive thought or like topic or, or um, trend line through these different things, mm-hmm. connecting these different topics. And then you listen back to it and you're like, wow, this is a yeah, lot. Not too bad. Because you just go into passive consumer mode and it's yeah. all just, even when I'm listening to us, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, like I'm trusting them to go, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I had major heartburn over, um, put marathon blast so hard last Dude, week and i told you it end. wasn't a big deal yeah and she texted me and she was like omg like i loved all my shout outs that was so funny <laughs> um and i was like oh okay yeah. and then she texted me and she was like by the way like lizzo is fat and you can call her that like yeah, it's yeah, okay yeah. like you're not in trouble dude i already told you that i probably overreacted you a little definitely bit. did i've actually never gotten more listener feedback than to say like brad freaked out on that one because i was <laughs> I was really nervous. I mean, I, I was more nervous uh, over that than when I like dropped the f bomb on the show. <laughs> well, you bleeped it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, just, but just made me stay forty-five minutes longer than I intended editing. Well, I'm glad that you don't have to worry your pretty little self with any of that anymore. You just get to airdrop it to me, incomplete, and then say, oh, "I'll I'll look at it tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see what happens tomorrow." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, unbelievable. Yeah. We published last week's episode and like the last two minutes are cut off. So it's just me putting marathon blast and then none of the positivity. It's just like, it's like literally me saying like, can you believe this? And then it cuts out and B-Rad's like, I'll look at it tomorrow. Dude, I was already home. (laughs) You had your computer, right? No, I leave it in my, uh, I don't have Wi-Fi at my parents' house. Well, you don't have Wi-Fi at the school either. Yeah, I do. Oh, you just don't know the password. Right. That's why we had to record on your machine. And it worked. You know, I listened to the show last week and I, I realized that I said special pop-up show or special pop-up episode of the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast like at least three times. Very close together. We never once mentioned, we were in Keene, Texas. Yeah. I drove through rain to get to Keene, Texas. We were broadcasting in your, what, My your little office. lounge? Your My little office. Sexy teacher lounge. <laughs> okay. Hey, come get your grades. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> That's no, it just feels like a, yeah. you have like, those strung lights in the in the classroom it's like this like yeah, holiday in vibe and then like i go into your office and i feel like i could kick back and just tell you anything like it's very conflicting brad <laughs> moving you're the, on you're the only one with a teacher lounge in your lounge um i guess everybody else's office is not connected yeah you're the only one with a, a master bath off of your <laughs> off of your uh, classroom. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, rubbing your nose in something. I mean, I don't get to I don't call you out when you say something controversial or like you're saying you're like tentatively going into this area. Like, can I say that? I'm like, come on, let me help you extract this. And whenever I do that, you're just like, wow, I wouldn't have done that. I bet everyone's going to have a big problem with yeah. that. <laughs> yep. I mean, you're the yang to my yin. I'm the Barney Five to your Andy Griffin. <laughs> oh man, that's well. Crazy. I don't know, Andy. <laughs> oh, my favorite Andy Griffith episode with Barney is when he figures out that if he sings really soft, that that's when his voice belts out the biggest. And they have the guy in the back like doing the actual singing actual sound. And like Barney gets that mystified look over his face whenever he hears his voice projecting that's not his voice, and then he harnesses it. That visual will forever be with me. That's just ingrained from my childhood. Love that. Yeah. I love learning new stuff about you on this podcast. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're in love with me. <laughs> hey, new Lil Wayne tomorrow. Oh, yay. 
Oh, is he on that gasoline and promethazine, I'm guessing? Okay, but look at this album artwork. So what does that say? Uh, Funkeral. <laughs> Funeral. Funeral. What does that say? Illuminati. Ooh, whoa. Whoa. He's in the Illuminati. Yeah, it if you turn Lil up, Wayne. if you turn up, uh, so his cover art says funeral, and then if you turn it upside down, the same lettering spells out Lil Wayne, which is a cool little trick. He's he's we'll one see, of those. Folks, we'll see if it's a good album. I don't know. He's one of those folks that he he's drank so much lean that like his vocal cords have changed. Yes. Um, his voice is much weaker at yeah. projecting today. Yeah. Than it was ten years ago. Yeah, he's heavily auto tuned these days. Uh, it, it's like he can't even sad. belt it out like mm-hmm. he used like you think about the authoritative Lil Wayne like yeah. go DJ yeah. is like one of the most Fireman. extreme examples like yeah. um, right. the, I make it rain you know put them players yeah. in a trash can leave them outside of your door I'm your trash man mm. you know you knew that was him Young and now it's just like in the big shot time to do your thing that's word to your wristwatch <laughs> but even like even like starting at like six foot, seven foot, like I don't know, like the recent stuff. Uh, ever since he went rock and then came back a little bit, like yeah, I agree. You know, because lollipop, no, no ceilings, that... no ceilings was his best, uh, no. or his last best. Okay, okay, I was yeah, the no ceilings mixtape. Let's say has them in the same sense. Okay, yeah, he's um, I just felt like he aged out before he should have in many ways, largely due to self. I have to think it's self-induced, um, self induced, uh, self drug use. Yeah, yeah, like for I, sure. His vocal cords are different now. Yep. You know, it's just I've seen him live. Yeah, with Drake. Yeah. I we may have went to the same show because I saw them. It was the Drake versus Lil Wayne tour. Was when I saw him, and they like competed against each other. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we did. We go together? No. I went with DK the Duke, David the Psalmist, the one that do, did our intro. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for the invite uh, <laughs> to that concert seven years ago. Yeah, I think that was whenever I was rolling around in baggy sweatpants and ashamed for you to see me. <laughs> <laughs> You're still an underclassman, son. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never forget. Yeah, yeah I love catching you in a vulnerable moment with a big old sandwich in your hand and other hand <laughs> never <mind. laughs> like you're just in nasty clothes like lumbering across the street i'm glad that you're in love with me carson uh, you know i am <laughs> you did our artwork man yeah bro you chose a font to represent me that's right um what were we just talking about low win okay uh he comes out tomorrow yep okay cool great yep i don't know i don't get I just don't get pumped over anything anymore, like new releases of stuff, unless it's like a Netflix thing that's coming back. Like I get pumped when Stranger Things or when like a Dave Chappelle. Dude, I just got Courtney hooked on Stranger Things. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you rewatching them? Yeah, we. I just rewatched the first season with her. Oh, Such just, a good show. Oh, yeah. So well done. It's one of the greatest. Yeah. Um, the uh, what was I going to say? Um, just stuff coming out. Yeah. Um. Did you watch the Aaron Hernandez doc? No, I haven't. Okay. Probably, I actually probably will tomorrow because I'm chilling tomorrow. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah, man. What um, else you got? Well, I haven't. I haven't been able to watch anything. I've been no. working. I've been working like a lot of hours. So, but it's been it's been really good. Yeah, where you're still loving your job. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a great opportunity. Um, 
Okay. Huge, um, huge did, product. Did your market. company uh, just post a picture of you on Instagram? Yeah, man. I made it to the gram. Okay. Um, so this is appreciate. Yeah. So uh, I posted it on my story yesterday. Um, that that was, I was not expecting that. I just got yeah. this notification and I, I got tagged in something and I was like, what? And then it was appreciate. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that feels nice. Yeah, it felt like I was being claimed a little bit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's so, like they could delete the post, but it's a little permanent. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, just the um, you know, I think you get to new points in your career where when you're at a a lower level entry level like point where you know every agency I've ever worked at, it's like it's your first day as an intern or a coordinator or an entry level person, and they're like, "Welcome to this little new, you know, teeny bopper on their first day," and it's just yeah. like social media content. But then, you know, I think certain certain positions that you get into, it's like, well, let's make sure this sticks for a second, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. which is I, I I'm all about that, you know, like yeah, that's that's great. But um, yeah, it's been going great. Um, actually. I will say this. I, yes. Um, I'm, I'm not really going to talk too much about uh, the inner workings of anything on this show. Yeah, that's okay. I'd like just, to keep things a little bit separate, but just give us a little bit. Well, um, been there for a second, and um, I'm just very excited because I sold my first contract the other day. Hey, I don't think I actually told you that. We need a round of applause button. Yeah, actually, it's really serendipitous in that. Um, uh, what can I even share about this? Um, the the purchasing company, the the person, my buyer at the purchasing company, uh, offices like a block up from where I lived on Charles Street in Baltimore. And on our first discovery call, I was like, "Do you know where Hotel Such and Such is?" And she goes. Next, next to this thing, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived in those towers. Oh, get out of here! No way. We're right down the street by the. Tr-. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love that. Like, I love yeah, being man. able to connect different places that I've lived with, like new hats, new chapters yeah. in my life. And so it was, um, yeah, great, great situation. Uh, was just excited to, uh, you know, get a a win, a return on energy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know. Yeah, anyway. I love that. I just thought Good it was for you, man. kind of serendipitous that that was the I, ha- I hadn't actually connected those dots that that was the first and you know the personal anecdote shared yeah. there and and I was very open like I'm like I, I used to live right there that's crazy I'm yeah. you know picturing right where you are right now <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you yeah. <laughs> hello hello you, you. <laughs> so anyway uh, that's great, man. yeah yeah I got tagged man. on the gram um Big boss man took me to the Stars game last night. Hey. Had a great evening. Uh, got to go to a great dinner in the Stars. We lost by one to the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, mm-hmm. who just seemed to be in better control of the puck all evening, but had a great time. Um, so, yeah, it's just been it's intense, you know? Yeah. Sun up to sundown and then some, and uh, excited for that to be the case. And, like, you know, I'd much rather be in a position where you're chasing things down all day and getting things done than moving a mouse around until you can finally leave, you know? <laughs> right. Like, I don't, I don't ever want to be in one of those positions, so. Yeah. Um, it doesn't get super, like, repetitive or monotonous. Uh, you know, with anything, like, the thing that I like about, and I'm going to, just for the record, I'm going to separate this the rest of this conversation from appreciate specifically. Um, and 
go higher level, like extrapolate doing sales and um, different things at the startup level is that you get to still be a generalist in many ways. And like, so there are uh, repetitive motions that I get to do that I get to perfect. And it's like a staple, like um, if you do like a discovery call, you know, I've got that nailed. That's an element of my job that, you know, I feel confident doing. Um, but then you might get to sit into a marketing meeting and comment on, uh, well, what if we tried this CTA or this headline? What if we changed this button style to this? You know, what if we highlighted this feature? Cause, um, and, and I'm talking globally about my experience, right. uh, selling in startups. It's like you get to field customer comments and questions and requests and you get to say hey this customer has asked you know for this particular feature i've heard this five times in the last week i wonder if this is a growing trend let me talk about it with the product team or the engineers and then you bake it in for the uh you know for a particular client knowing that it will benefit the community as a whole and then that's how you grow as a software company as a startup and um I, I love all that. Like, I love the ability to be involved in so many different facets. It's a huge responsibility at the same time. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's fun. You know, I wouldn't want to just push a broom side to side in the same. Like, there are parts of me that would love to just be a janitor and know that I clean that building well and that I can go home and that my job is done. Yeah. I think in a startup, your job is never done. Like it's always just getting started. The minute you get to this peak, you, you, it was just in an effort to see that you're at the base of the real mountain, essentially. And that's how I've always likened it. Um, but to have that ability to say, this is what I'm hearing in the market and be a customer advocate. Like you're thinking about your clients and what they need and you're solving problems with and for them. And meanwhile, because of your conversations, um, your documentation and your activity level and different things like that, you're able to expose, um, you're able to expose larger um, trends in the marketplace that you can build tools against, that you can build revenue models against, and grow companies and create more jobs and be involved from a sales, marketing, branding, go to market, um, execution, like every perspective, um, and that's. I mean, I don't know. I, I do think that that kind of thing is a calling in certain ways. Like it's it's a is. big deal. Um, and I, yeah. Yeah. I can't think of anyone else, you know, better for the job. Um, well, I can, but well, <laughs> I'm playing as far as, you know, my circle like, goes. Well, no, no, no. I, and obviously I have different circles than you, but like, you've just always been a really, you know, you know, when to, uh, make things personal and when to make it bit about business. And I think you uh, mesh those really well. And that's why you work really well with the people in your field. Well, that's sweet of you. Yeah. Yeah. But that's enough. Part of that was just uh, where we went to school, you know, like yeah. I went to a school where like, man, I felt like so few people were, um, uh, the, you felt like few people got it, whatever it is. Well, yeah, I felt like uh, nobody had grown up, very few people had grown up in the type of family that I'd grown up in um, with the types of priorities that I was raised to kind of, you know, have, you know, I have certain priorities as a direct result of nature and nurture. And 
Um, one of those is, let's be honest, I want to make money. I want to be significant. I want to move the needle on something. I'd like to be known for something, you know? Yeah. Uh, I would like a legacy at some point. Right. You know, I, <laughs> Michael said it best. He's like, we got to keep grinding so that they mention our names when we die on a flight, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, you gotta, you better be shooting in the gym unless you want to be and nine others or whatever it is. Right. And I don't mean that about just this thing. No, I mean, whatever it, your personal, you know, gem is, it or fires you your up. personal basketball is like, do the best of your ability. Yeah. Do it at a world-class level. Kill and it. that's the sad part is that maybe kill it. Isn't the greatest uh, well, phraseology here, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but does it make you upset? This is kind of, um, elitist to potentially say but hit me ever bum you out that there's just people like getting fat in the middle of nowhere like contributing nothing and they're just like able to grow old and like <laughs> keep bitching and like doing whatever they're ah yeah, is that a, is that a cuss fine. word just, okay we're, we're gonna roll with it okay does it ever bum you out and then like kobe is like cut down you know yeah. like that bums me out. i'm like can we trade you know this yeah. dude you know no i totally get what you're saying <laughs> i don't know I feel that that's bad, but I'm like, I'm thinking of others, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, the amount of lives that were being impacted. It's tough. But like you said, and like Michael said, you know, we keep grinding and we make sure we do the best we can in our uh, respective fields. And that's why I'm going to go to this little convention this next week and bring back what I can for my students so that they can continue getting a, good education and continue to do things you know on a higher level than maybe i do or they can go on to impact more lives they're gonna be like all highfalutin just like hey brad how was your technology trip did you learn about voice over internet protocol dude they're gonna be pissed that i'm gone i'll bet they're going to have some old yeah. hag like serving up paper forms. Dude, like, that's exactly what's happening. in this scantron like, or I'll beat you. I already know like I'm, they're going to send me like group messages saying that they're that I need to get back. Yeah, that's a yeah. Ever feel inappropriate to you? Like, no, <laughs> I mean, but at what point are you too old where like group messages from your students where they're hating on the substitute are deemed as inappropriate? Well, that is that ever inappropriate? I, I that they would rather have me in the classroom than a substitute. I guess from the organizational perspective, because you are an ombudsman of of the school, you know, like ultimately the school's brand. Dude, the school should want the students I to want me it. in the classroom more than the substitute. I'm presenting a more antiquated thought process. Okay. Like I'm, I'm. I guess I'm not following. <sighs> no, like what do you mean? I just mean like at certain grade levels, you know, if you're five. And a substitute comes in and then the real teacher comes back and the kid's like, I hated that woman. You know, you'd be like, well, hey, little Jimmy, like, we don't hate anybody. Like, yeah. I was just was gone for a day, but we need to love. Th- you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then if you're participating in like, I, I don't know, it doesn't really matter. I don't really care. <laughs> just because they're messaging me doesn't mean like, I'm like, yeah, the substitute sucks. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm not fanning the flame. I'm just list- I'm just hearing them You're out. Like, and I'm like, ugh, I know, so annoying. No, like eyes rolling emojis. No, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't hate on anybody that fills in for me. You're like, take a video and send it to me, and then like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's too funny. So, no, I don't think it's inappropriate, but I, I also don't. I I don't agree with them that the substitute it's not as good. They're gonna be just bummed. They're gonna be like, Brad's yeah. off. 
That's it. Learning about technology and mm-hmm. the new Facebook and yeah. Meanwhile, they're getting tested on Frankenstein and Great Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, they're reading. Uh, Dude, I get a per diem. I'm eating good. Like. Uh, <laughs> They're reading hundred-year-old books, and their teachers going on a technology trip, yeah. and we're wondering where the disconnect <laughs> is. <laughs> Basically, after two weeks off, I'm chilling. Yeah, winter break, and then technology break. <laughs> yeah, got to put more screens in this room. <laughs> How many of these screens can we touch? <laughs> How many are meant for drawing? <laughs> Wait, and this one... Which one has my Apple? How quickly will this PowerPoint open from this device? Can I ask for Microsoft to be on this tablet? Uh, (laughs) This device? That's good. All right, man. We'll enjoy your LMS and Tech tech Tuesday, Turnt Week, whatever. (laughs) Boy, I bet there's going to be a ton of young teachers getting turned in San Marcos, son. That's going to be a wild time. It's going to be a riot. Yeah, seriously. You got you have other people from ZTA going? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. No. You're like, all right, y'all, I'll see you later. Dude, I would no. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I mean, gotta love them, right? I I actually really do like my coworkers. Oh, that's cool. I don't know. Do, do I? I don't think so. Okay, cool. Then forget them. <laughs> I know Carson, the, you're my only friend. I know the teacher I need to know from that school. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and everybody else that's great and listens to us, I uh, hope that I just endeared you to myself and the show. Um, <laughs> thanks for your listens. Yeah. Um, shout outs. Shout outs. Um, who do we want to shout out? Had a nice chat on Twitter with Heston. Exchanged some uh, book recs uh, with some recommendations. And uh, shout out to him because I know he's continued listening. Um I know Brock is catching up on some episodes, so shout out to him once again, and um, just everybody else has uh, been faithful. I don't think I've shouted out Courtney like for listening, but I know that she has been. So thank you, Courtney. And uh, what else you got? I don't know. Um, just shout out everybody. Yeah, actually, Courtney's mom listened to one of our episodes. Really? Yeah, it's that's like cool. Embarrassing. Don't learn more about me. Yeah. Um... I, I think I'm we're just kidding. We're doing better about letting those guards down, but it is yeah. shocking when you find out that certain people are listening. And yeah, um, but yeah, I, I appreciate everyone that listens and uh, religiously listens. It means a lot. And if you find yourself uh, behind on a few episodes, we're taking next week off while I'm on my trip, so that would be a good time to catch up. Yeah, and just a global shout out. Like we lost Kobe on Sunday. We lost Gigi. We lost you know seven others that meant a lot to a lot of people and so i'm making it it's on a new year's resolution but we're in the new year um let people know on the way out like don't don't let somebody drive off in a car and you just said something nasty right you know like yes. make sure that i mean they could get cut down snuffed out yeah. we all could at any moment you know yeah don't go to bed angry yeah um obviously some issues can't be resolved in a day but you know, just just, those, just those grudges that you're harboring, you, you got to let it go. Yeah, ultimately, nothing is that important. Like, no. we are apes on a rock hurtling through space, yeah. narrowly held down by gravity in this atmosphere, and we don't know what happens. We don't know who else is out there. So, you use, know... Use your gift. 
use your gift, make the most of it. And, um, just have positive interactions, you know, like leave people with a positive taste. And, um, for anybody that I've ever slighted or, you know, sent off in a car angry, my B, (laughs) 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 my B, um, (laughs) we're doing this show for you, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, just, you know, want to tie off like what I was anticipating to be kind of a heavier episode just because I felt like we were heavier, we were tired and, um, definitely emotionally drained from the week and it's funny how it takes a couple of it it takes an nba legend dying for two dudes to be like man life is short bro did you know like (laughs) you know yeah it's kind of pathetic in so many ways but that that goes back to the bubble wrap life that we all live and like we used to be in the food chain there used to be raiding parties coming in and killing everybody and taking captives and we don't know how good we've got it and so we take things for granted and we shouldn't like every moment is precious um you only have so many summers left. So yeah, do with it what you can make a positive impact. Tell the people that you love that you love them and, uh, keep it pushing and, uh, find what you're good at and keep making a difference. And, uh, shout out to all the listeners. We love you, Carson. I love you. Love you, man. Uh, uh, we'll be back in February. That's it for the 17th installment of the weekly catch up. All right. We'll catch you up next time.